This episode of LIW The Walking Dead Review is brought to you by Microphone Confusion. LIW The Walking Dead and Fear The Walking Dead Review. Hello, citizens. Welcome to episode 70 of the LIW Walking Dead Review. Wow, 70. Fucking crazy. This number ends in zero, therefore it's more special than all the rest, except for 60 and 50 and 40 and 30. But you know what I mean. Although episode 75 should be more of a milestone because that's like 325s, which is some sort of weird, uh, weird number to keep track of. I don't know. Anyway, so this episode is... The Walking Dead 105. Wild Fury. Wild, wild, wild Fury. Wildfire. Ha <sighs> So Rick tells Morgan. He's on the radio. And he's like, hey, I finally I found my family. Can you believe that? I can't believe I found them. That's just crazy. I just I knew it would happen, even though I just said I can't believe. I knew it would happen. I knew, I knew, I knew. I'm so much better at having an alive family than you are. Can you fucking believe that, Morgan? My wife is so goddamn alive, it's astounding. It is. It is she is 100% alive. How's yours doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Man, that blows. Did you blow her brains out? Speaking of blowing, uh, did you do that? Did you do that thing? Did you blow her? Nope. Yep. Well, she's not blowing anymore because she's dead. <laughs> My wife, though, blowing, and I'm blowing loads up in her because that's what me and Shane do. That's right, and I'm fine with it now. I'm uh, I'm polyamorous now. That's what I do. That's that's my lifestyle. That's how I choose to live. <sighs> anyway, how's your shitty kid doing? Yep. Oh, he's dead, too? Oh, man. Uh, uh, we don't, I don't know that yet. We'll find that out later, but, you know, yeah, he's dead, and that sucks. That blows. So, anyway, um, don't go to Atlanta because it's overrun and inf- with infected. Don't do it. He fucking tells him all this shit about meeting his goddamn families, if that's what he cares about. Then he tells him the important information last. Can you fucking believe that? Can you believe that? He tells him, like, he might as well just, like, go down, like, telling him his goddamn memories, like, a life story. Like, and then when I was six, I like, I know I shouldn't have, but I totally stole a cookie from a cookie jar because that's the only cliche I can think of right now because I, my improv skills are a little low right now because I am tired and I've been doing episodes in a row. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the most cliche thing I can think of and attain to the cookie jar thing. I know I shouldn't have done it, but I did it, and then here we go. And then, like, you know, three weeks later, he's like, and then I like got to Atlanta, and then the the uh, zombies were, have overran it. And uh, oh, you're probably dead by now. <laughs> Should have told you that weeks ago. Oh man, I blew it. I blew this. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, why am I even saying sorry? I might as well just throw this throw this walkie-talkie away because nobody's on the other end because you're dead. You should have responded by now, but I've had my finger on this button literally all day. So I don't know if you had a chance. And when I go to bed, I turn it off because I don't need a response. Oh, this is all for me. This is all for me. Oh man, yeah. Shouldn't have gone to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know, we, you learn. You learn lessons in life, and this is one of them. This is one of them. I'm really going to tell my kids about this because they're alive. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. And I blew another one up inside my wife recently, or my friend did. I don't know which. But I'll tell Judith about that. I already named her in my head. I'll tell her about this because <laughs> they're alive. Oh, I blew it. Morgan's dead. Fuck. So Andrew won't do anything about Amy. She's just sitting there, and Amy's dead on her lap. And they're all just kind of like, ugh. And they all try to talk to her. They get mad. Rick tries to talk to her, but she pulls a gun on him. And then they're like, okay, she's on her own here. If she gets bitten, she gets bitten. That's her choice. 
Um, they start burning the bodies. Glenn freaks out because he wants the group to be buried, not burned. And as if it fucking mattered at that point. I don't see what the difference is between your group and not group. I don't know. I, I kind of do and I kind of don't. I get what he's coming from, but I also think it's really stupid. So I get both. They get a little bit of best of both worlds, I think they call that. Best of both stupid, terrifying, um, no winning worlds. So the, where was I going with this? I don't know. The, um, they, they start doing that. They reveal that Jim was bitten. And he's on his arm, I think. Or side. He's bitten on like his ribs. It was weird. Daryl wants the axe in his head like immediately. Um, but Rick puts a gun to his head and tells him to stop. And I'm like, God damn. Dar- Rick puts his gun to Daryl's head a lot. <laughs> it's like you know, a few times. It's twice now in five episodes. And only, oh, he's only been in two. Daryl. So two out of two. He puts a gun to his head. Daryl talks to Andrea about his wife and how he, when she died and the cancer and she didn't he didn't think he cared about the world until Andrea and Amy came into his life. And Andrea's sad that she missed so much shit in Amy's life because she was so much older and she didn't care about little kid shit. And it's, I get the sentiment, but also at the same time, it's like that's that's a real difference when you're 12 years apart. You're not going to want to hang out with them. I get that she's sad she didn't spend more time with them, but that's kind of like everyone feels about after a loss. Even if you spend nonstop all day long with them, you still have that weird feeling of I should have done more. Like it's it's the guilt. It's the guilt stage. It's it's That's how it is. It's the reasoning. It's It's part of the grieving stage. Um, Carol axes the shit out of Ed because he's a zombie and she's like I should do this and she axes him in the head and then she does it over and over and over and over and I'm like yeah you do it girl you get your revenge you know what would be a better, a better revenge is uh, leaving him leaving him a long time ago yep that would have that would have shown him I get I get the part where they feel like they have to stay and they're stuck there they have a kid with them but I get that I really do but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you can just leave. You'll get custody. I get, I, he's a monster. He's got to have some sort of record. He's got to wait until he does something, and then you go. And then you get the bruises, and you get the kids signed in, and then you get scared, and you get the kid can talk. She's old enough. You, you, you can get out of there. You could. I get that you're stuck, though. I get it. I, I get both sides of it. I really do. I don't judge. He's really the one with the problem. She could have semi-fixed it, but he might have just kept coming after her. He killed her. That's one of those possibilities. I think that's an episode of Dexter. So, Amy makes, starts making some noises, and Andrea's like, what was that, Amy? What were you saying? And puts her fucking ear to her mouth, and I was like, zombies are, they bite you. Don't, don't do that. Don't put any near, anything near her mouth. Her mouth is a, is a hive of bacteria that kills you. I don't, I don't know what the fuck are you doing. And Amy opens her eyes, and apparently when you become a zombie, it, make, it gives you contacts in your eyes that make them really cloudy and cataracty. Um, then Amy flat out fucking, sh- or Andrea flat out fucking shoots Amy right in the goddamn head. Just blows her fucking brains. I thought she was going to like slip a blade in her, you know, in her temple. I'm like, oh, there you go. But nope, blows out her brains. Brains are everywhere. I personally would have done the knife route. I'd be like, and you're quiet. It's nothing, no big deal. I don't have, I feel like a gunshot, obviously she's going to remember it forever, but I feel like a gunshot would, every time you hear a gunshot, you would see that image. You know what I mean? But a knife would be silent, and you wouldn't think about it. And there's no, there's no loud ass fucking noise to attach to that memory. That you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I feel like sense, like sense, smells are, are big with that. Like if something smells and you something horrible happens, you're gonna remember every time you have that smell come into your life. You're gonna have a weird flashback. Like sense are really big part of our memory. It really is. It unlocks things. We we attach things to smells. 
I keep saying sense. I'm just going to say smells because it's easier to get across on the show. Um, audio wise. The point is a gunshot has to be, do the same thing because it is so alarmingly loud. And just the blood spraying, it's just so visceral, everything that's happening to her because of the gunshot. I personally just would have done the knife thinking, like, I don't want to hear it. You're going to hear her fucking skull explode. I don't want that. I'm going to have to watch it. I don't want to. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Obviously not in the right frame of mind, though. She's not thinking long term at this point, because why would you? Um, They're burying the dead in Jim's holes. They decide to come up with some rules of, like, what they're going to do, who they're going to lead, blah, blah, blah. Um, They don't really go into detail there. Jim is freaking out in the RV because he's dying, basically. He's getting hot. He's getting cold. He's doing that whole thing. Um, And you can tell he's going to die soon. Rick and Lori talk about how Shane is mad at him for leaving. Um, Leaving the camp. Oh, excuse me. Rick and Lori talk. He's just like, you, you think you're mad at me? And then Shane reveals that he is mad at um, them for leaving. He's like, I feel like maybe if you didn't leave, our, our losses would have been less. And Rick's like, I feel like if I didn't leave and come back with those guns, we'd all be dead. And they don't agree. They send Carl away um, so they can argue. And I was like, I was really relating to Carl in some of these scenes because I'm like, he lived before the zombies a number of years. I don't know how old he is, like nine or ten, right? So he's he's he knows how the things are or how things were before the zombies. He he's he's used to accustomed. I'm sorry, I keep stuttering. What the fuck? He's accustomed to what life was like before the zombies existed. So he knows how to live. And suddenly this happens, and then it's a game changer. Nothing will ever be the same. And I was like, I feel the same as you, Carl, because when I was I don't know, I think thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, somewhere in there. I want to say fourteen. Um. Actually, I know I was 14 because that's when I got my first email address. It was cheese14 at hotmail.com. So you know where I'm going with this. I was about 14 when we got the internet. And obviously, I think other people had it first. We were just you know poor as shit and behind because we live in Michigan. And it was just in the middle of nowhere. People didn't have things. Point is, I lived at this point half my life. more than Less than half my life at this point because I'm, a little, I'm older than 28. I'll, I'll reveal that. Um, no, but I lived 14 years of my life without the fucking internet. So when I found it and when I, when I got it, it was just like chat rooms and shit. It wasn't nothing. It was nothing. So it was a bunch of nonsense, you know, but it was a game changer at the same time. Cause I was like, Holy shit. You can talk to people in like, you know, overseas. You can talk to people anywhere about movies and shit. And I, I found IMDB and I started going to that page and I started getting into things and like really learning a lot about movies and actors. I already knew it. But now I can, like, really dig deep into it. It was like finding, like... Like, people in cities could do that with, like, the zines or the zines, whatever how the fuck you pronounce it. Like, stuff where it's, like, trade magazines. They can go and, like, look into their their, their hobbies. If you're in the comic books, you can go get comic books. There wasn't, a lot, wasn't a lot of that shit when I was growing up because of where we were and how poor we were. I just couldn't afford it, couldn't do that. But the internet was super fucking cheap. I mean, it was dial-up, but you can go into, like, their websites and really dig deep into the, the shit I was interested in. And it really, like, opened my eyes, and it changed my fucking life. It changed my world. I don't know if it was for the better. I wasn't in the porn yet. I mean, I would have been had I known you can just look that shit up and my parents would see that, you know, in the history. So I wasn't that dumb. But I was like, holy shit, you can just, like, do this. Like, you can look up whatever the fuck you want now. This is a game changer. And I feel like this is what this is to Carl. Like, game... I mean, it's a shitty game changer for him. You know, the world is dead. All your friends are dead. Everyone's dead. So now, you know, every, you're constantly living in fear. So, But I'm saying he gets to know what it was like beforehand and growing up with it at the same time in a way. 
I feel like I didn't grow up with the internet because I was I, I was an old fourteen. I was older, for, you know, mentally. Um, but my point is, I feel like he has a he's in a good spot. He's if that makes sense, he's in a good spot to learn and feel the way things should be, or used to be. So he know he's got a good head on his shoulders. When you're just when you only know this, it, I think it would make you desensitize in a way. You wouldn't be like sentimental about the way things could be, um, you know, humility and civility and that sort of shit is just out the fucking window because you've never known it in your life. So he's got a good spot. He's going to be a better leader than his dad is, I think, down the line. Anyway, they, um, um, Shane and Lori and Rick talk about going to the CVC for the cure, for Jim. Um, they go for rounds? What the fuck does that mean? I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, Oh, they're going around the to check the, the perimeter because of all the zombies that got in there. That's what that means. Rounds. I write notes, then I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I wrote weird phrases, and I'm like, I don't know what that means now. Anyway, they hear a twig snap, and then Rick goes off while Shane is, like, looking around, and Shane starts pointing a shotgun right at the back of Rick, and just holds it there for a while. And he's like, and the music goes all tense, and you're like, is he going to fucking shoot him? Like, I don't, I obviously, you know he doesn't because he's the main character of the goddamn show, but he's he's. I was like, oh, he, he might try to. I don't, oh, my God. And then he puts the gun, he, like, lowers the gun. He's like, ah, I can't do it. Fuck. And then we, the camera turns, and we see Dale's there. And Shane's like, ah, so I was a walker or some shit. And makes something up. Like, ah, tries to play it off cool. And Dale goes, Jesus. I love that. I love this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the series. And it's really good in the comic. But this series, just seeing it, brings it alive so much more. And it's so, like, just the way he's like, Jesus, like, holy shit, that was intense. <laughs> like, I like when characters um, talk about the scene that is that we just watched in a way that doesn't seem forced or stupid. Because that was like, if you saw that in real life, you'd be like, oh my god, dude, that was what the fuck was that? That was intense. Like, that was where the, what it would have been like for him. <laughs> like, he didn't want shot him in the fucking back. Like, oh my god, I just watched a man like almost lose his mind and then pull himself right back from the edge. <laughs> like insane so i love that i love that scene i really do it's one of the most gripping scenes it's the most gripping scene so far in the series and there's a couple of extra other scenes that are fun to watch and they're intense like the stuff with merle freaking out when he realizes he has to cut cut off his own hand that stuff's really interesting but this was like just intense nothing but intense and you see the whole thing that's that's the fun part of it and it goes on longer than you think it would to the point where you're uncomfortable and you're like oh god he's losing his mind and I love that stuff. I really do. I love that. St- you, you, they don't say a word, and you get to see so much into someone's personality. That is the stuff that you should strive for as a writer. When you don't have to write dialogue to go, I am feeling jealous, and I might murder you. Like that shit is so obvious to do. But when you say, when you have an actor this good, you just give him a scene to stand there on on camera and just just do it. John Bernthal just fucking shines in this scene. It's amazing. So they. Um, Shane sides with Rick for the first time and he's like, we should go to the CDC. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's have a plan. I don't care what we do. We just need a plan. We all need to stick together. And then he's like, whoever doesn't want to go, don't want, you don't have to go. We'll, we'll, we'll give you supplies and you can leave. And then Morales decides not to go. I, I erroneously said in the last episode that he got bitten because I thought he did, but it was chaos in that scene. I just thought I saw him get bitten. Then I realized as I was saying it in the last episode, I'm like, oh, that motherfucker leaves with his family in the next episode. So obviously he's not dead. So, he goes with his family back to Birmingham for other family, and we don't see Morales again in the fucking series. So, so long, Morales and your family. You're officially a note 
a name on a list that I have that will forever be highlighted because you don't die because you're not in the fucking show anymore. Just like Guillermo and guys like that. Miguel, Jorge, Felipe, Abuela. You're all names on my list that I can't fucking cross off because we don't get to see your deaths. I almost want to see like a sideshow where they kill all the characters that aren't in the show anymore just so that just to you know mark them off my list that's what i want i know it's selfish i don't give a shit i don't give a shit don't care so they're driving to the cdc jim is in the back of the rv he wants to be left behind because the ride's killing him he says his bones feel like glass and he's just like everything hurts i can't make it anymore so they put him against a tree and he's like oh fucking tree again because he was tied against the tree after digging the holes he says his goodbyes to everybody. It's really strange. It's feel it's very uncomfortable. Because everyone's like, oh, I don't know you. I know you for like a week or two. So, bye. Bye, Jim. See you. So long. High five. Do you want a high five or like a fist bump? Or what's, you tell me what's, com- what's comfortable for you. I don't, I don't want to cross any lines here. Um, he wants... So they leave him behind, and Jim dies, basically. I marked him off the list because he fucking dies. I'm sorry. There's no coming back. So he's officially dead. He's Zombie Jim might be out there still. I don't goddamn know. Don't care. We um, At this point, it goes, the commercial comes back, and it's Jenner. He's on cam. He's doing like a, a video for his, his mission thing. It's called Wildfire Mission. Um, the music is from the Truman Show, but it feels... The scene feels very, and he's in, the guy who plays him, uh, Noah Emmerich, is from Truman Show, which is very confusing to me, because I was like, what am, what am I watching? And it feels very The Martian or Slash Moon. If you've seen the movie Moon or The Martian, it's just one guy alone doing science. And like, I don't know if anybody's out there. That's what it felt like through and through this whole scene. I mean, those movies obviously came out after um, this episode, but or did Moon come out in 2009? I don't know. Anyway. Point is, it felt very like that, and then very similar to that. Very, like, it felt very like that. Does that make sense? Is that a sentence you can say? Some, whenever I say stuff like that, I have to. And it, you, it's like saying a word too many times where it sounds like not a word. If I say it and I'm like, that sounded weird, and I say it again, I'm like, I don't know anymore. I don't, I don't know English. I forget English now. I don't know if that makes sense. He's doing science stuff um, in a lab. His suit gets a hole in it, and he freaks out, and it's contaminated. And then he run, leaves the room to get sprayed. And then the, it's like burning room or whatever the fuck is contam- room contaminated must clear out. And it like he's like, no, and it flames and it just disinter- disintegrates everything in the room. Just flash fire, basically. And then later on, he's drunk and he said he's going to blow his brains out tomorrow. He's like, there's nothing left. So I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to blow my brains out. Why not? Who cares? You're not out there. Nobody's never responded to these. He throws the bottle. He's like, I wonder how far I can get this. And he throws it up in the air. It's a fun bit. It really is the Martian. The A group shows up at the CDC. Our group, not a group. Our group shows up there. And then it's it's a low-budget show, the first season. So it means that they're all alone. It's You know what I mean? There's not like tons of zombies running around. Everybody's laying on the ground. All these bodies are, bodies are spread out on the ground. Very evenly, about every three and a half to four feet, there's a body. And it's like basically a pattern. It's like if you dropped, no, I want to. It's carefully laid out, like tiles, like tile work. Each body, it looks so stupid. It really does. They're just so spread out. There's no piles. There's no two people died next to each other. Is what I'm saying. They all went. Oh, I'm dying. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I don't want to lay on you. And you. Oh man. I'm gonna go over here and die. Oh, right. No, no, sir. You. I claim this spot. I was here first. My stuff's here. You see it. I'm ready to die here. Fuck off. I'm dying. Oh, I'm, I fell over. I'm my spot now, right? 
And the other guy's like, shit. That's, that's the way we win. That's how you win this. <coughs> anyway. Don't know where I was going with that. Um, they're on the CDC lawn. Um, a bunch of zombies show up, and Rick starts yelling at the camera because you can see sees the cameras moving, and he's like, you're killing us! You're killing us! Oh, you're killing us! What are you doing? You're going to kill us. I was like, nah, you are. The zombies are. He's not. He's not at all. The doors open up. It's very alien abduction looking. There's a bright ass light, and this is like, whoa! It looks like a fucking garage door opening. It's, it's the most nonsensical door to have in a building like that. I don't know why they wouldn't have a big ass thick gate, but it's, it looks like, like you're going to a fucking storage locker. Like, why the fuck is it like that? It's so shanty looking. It's so weird and rickety. Like, but it's got a bright ass light. Why do they have such a bright fucking like, two K? It's like a, a 40K or some shit. I don't, I can't think. But why do they have such a bright ass light to shine outside at the beginning of this, at this entrance? I don't understand why they have that other than to create a dramatic effect and make it look like an alien abduction. What the fuck for? What, what is that light for? Is it to scare off deer? I don't understand what the fuck the light's for. <sighs> so they go inside and that's the end of the episode. Or they, they don't think they even go inside at the end of the episode. I think they just have the light on them and it's like, oh. <laughs> It's like 2001 because it's, it's it looks like a fucking alien abduction. Not that there's like aliens and shit in 2001, but it felt like like way too over the top. It just felt like this weird. It, I'm not even gonna say anything else. It felt like the fucking X Files. Anyway, and I was like, oh, they're calling them walkers. He's like, those walkers are coming. And I was like, oh, thank God they're not calling them geeks anymore because I meant to write this note earlier because Glenn calls them geeks and it bugs the shit out of me. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that bugs the shit out of. It is terrible. Don't call them that. Don't call them geeks. Because it's, it's just dumb. It really is just stupid. Anyway, guys, that's the end of the episode. Um, check out LAWstudios.com and go there. All the shows are on there. All of our fucking shows are on there. On there. On there. Check it out. A lot of fun. Um, what else can I say? YouTube.com slash Wonderland. Go there. Subscribe. Rate and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel. We're all on all of them. I'm trying desperately hard to get my Westworld review show on iTunes, and it will not let me. It just won't accept the RSS feed, even though I use the same RSS feed on Satchel and Stitcher. Figure it out. I can't. I, I just can't. It won't accept it. I've sent them email, and it, nothing. I won't get through. I don't know if I can get on there. If not, fuck iTunes on that show. For just that show. The rest of the shows like this one. I love you, iTunes. But for, I don't know why it won't let me get this, the Westworld one on there. Uh, maybe it's like, too many Westworld shows. Fuck off. Get out of here, dude. I don't know. It's, it's really infuriating. Point is, go rate and review one of those other ones. Stitch, Stitch, uh, Stitcher and Satchel. Those are too close in names. <sighs> Until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens.